Where am I? Where have I been? I have been so cold. Hey look it's Quark, that is Kira. I know them. Wait, I don't know these other people. Who are these cartoon assholes? The green lady. Cool, I guess. Oh fuck, what oh no oh sweet mechanical god, it's happening again isn't it? It's time for the rules of acquisition, or is it kickers of elves? Everything is so sloppy here now. What the fuck have these guys been up to? Alright, hello, and welcome to... <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to... I'm laughing at having to remind you of what you used to say. <laughs> it's been, uh, yeah, right. It's been a minute. Hello, and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we we went through every episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And what? It's a podcast isn't over for what? No, we we still have the feed. Uh, hey, everybody! It's me. It's Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is. Hugh Crawford. Hello. And James Nolan. Hey, how's it going? That's all right. I wonder if my voice hears audibly different, like when James Earl Jones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we hear him in the first Star Wars versus one of those other Star Wars. Those. Like, <laughs> right, right. right. I am befogged. Well, I'm, I'm recording on a shittier microphone now, so I'm sure I sound different. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, so... Um, Hey, yeah, we did that podcast where we went through every episode of Deep Space Nine, and then then we had the same feed, and we we did a bunch of other stuff, and we did a season on David Lynch that some of the episodes got made and some got lost. <laughs> lost. <laughs> <laughs> I lost the whole computer, no, man. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't trying to subtweet you or whatever. Just, not trying to be passive aggressive. That's just that's just what happened. That reminds me. It's still my on computer. It's it's the reconstructed hard drive. This thing's gonna go down any minute now. Oh shit! I think <laughs> I'm backed up. I learned lessons. All right, I gave you a bunch of hard drives so you could back shit up. Now you sure did. They're right here, man. They are right here by my desk. <laughs> yeah. They're awesome. Um. Yeah. And so we did that, and 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 then we changed the name of the podcast to Kickers of Bells. And and if you're on the Patreon. Which I assume you are if you're listening to this, <laughs> or maybe not. Then yeah, we we still we haven't stopped. We still talk most every week and shot the shit and whatever. But but hey, it's a Deep Space Nine podcast, and and we basically basically watched an episode of Deep Space Nine. So I said, hey, <laughs> uh, our joy, assholes. Let's 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 do a Deep Space Nine podcast on. Lower decks? What? New Trek? What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> yeah, I've not watched a second of this. Uh so I watched this episode. Uh oh, you did watch this episode. Yep. The, the name of this episode is Hear All Trust Nothing. <laughs> it's episode six of season three. And the IMDB description is just one sentence. It just says the Cerritos. Ciri- how do you how do you pronounce that? Help me out here. Cerritos. Cerritos. Cerritos crew. The Cerritos crew unexpectedly spends a day on Deep Space Nine. That is a thing that happened. It originally aired uh, September 29th. So here recently. Yeah, this is a really recent episode. 
James and I are uninitiated to totally. the lower decks. Totally. This is our first exposure to lower decks. Um, Wade has seen every episode and has uh, dutifully potted two seasons. So, uh, yeah. Well, I guess we should get into... I guess we should unpack... This is basically, like Wade said, an episode of Deep Space Nine. It's a 26-minute uh, animated you know, television show, but it was... It followed very closely, beat by beat, uh, a classic episode of, of Deep Space Nine. What did, what did you think of this, Wade? Yeah, what is this? Is this a good comparison to the rest of the shows so far, or...? or um... I guess it's three seasons, so more or less, like yeah, like we did, we had a whole other podcast feed for Star Trek Discovery, right? And then y'all did mm-hmm. that first season and said, "Fuck this, I'm out." We did, and that was a, that was a hard break. I did watch three episodes of Picard. <laughs> oh yeah, Oof. Oof. okay, yeah. Oof. I, I recorded. I mean, we went on. I, I brought the scabs on. We did season two and three, and then changed the name of that podcast and did several other like and yeah the naming so but anyway so some of you people might know about what was a discovery home companion then was uh can't picardly wait and then it was uh under the bridge a lower decks podcast and then it was something else maybe i don't know and then i just said fuck it that's all in the same feed we're just calling it star trek resignation because i'm resigned to doing all this bullshit but these two guys weren't so uh yeah <laughs> but i watched this episode and said hey and then and, and here we are so what's some uh, okay so like uh this is like the this was started as the rick uh, rick and more like the rick and morty guy working with star trek right the kurt, he went over to work with kurtzman on this yeah right mike mccann uh, however mccann well whatever before he was even on rick and morty he was Twitter famous because he had the TNG season eight Twitter. Oh, so he had like a Star Trek background, a Star Trek fandom bad day. Yeah. Oof. So wait, so this guy, so this is, we could blame Twitter on this a little bit. Yeah, sure. This is a, like if Twitter, if, if Twitter didn't exist, we might not have lower decks. <laughs> we might not. Yeah. Yeah. There seems to be a whole swath of, of cultural, uh, artifacts that we wouldn't like that we ha- owe solely to Twitter or in great part into oh, great true. part to Twitter. Yeah, there's almost like eras of it. The great sitcom shit my dad says. That's what I was gonna say. Shit. That was the first era. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was... first wave. Then you have then it went to matured into the true golden age of Twitter. Uh, it, yeah, that was when it really penetrated. Yeah, right. culture. People are getting jobs. Epic bacon era. I think that's what we call that now. <laughs> right. Like he didn't get this job solely based on doing a Twitter account. Oh, like yeah. he had already worked on Rick and Morty in the room, and then he was like showrunner on the season where it started to go bad. Well, yeah, and he's like, yeah, he was at the era. Like he's classic era Rick and Morty, right? Right. Right. Yeah, right. Like- and he was like the first guy they they kind of uh, set up to be a showrunner and kick because like yeah like Harmon seemed to decided to be like the Roger Corman of animated script writing or whatever and yeah so he was the first one that they that kind of 
got shunted out to do other stuff, I think. I think he would say that he's the James L. Brooks. <laughs> no, he, yeah, he would like to be. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's getting his big movie now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, right, right. No, um, I think that, yeah, I think that that's kind of interesting. I think that, um, uh, I wonder, because all of Harmon has seated a lot of these showrunners, right? Into this new wave of this explosion post peak TV. Right. Like the Loki showrunner. And, yeah. So it's almost like uh, if you follow sports, the old uh, 2000s Patriots who kept just uh, mm. seeding the whole uh, NFL with their assistant coaches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who would go off and become head coaches and mostly fail and come back. And there was like waves of them. Like there were whole like generations and then there would be new ones. I could see Rick and Morty being, because it's got this long show run, oh, yeah. show block, and it seems pretty yeah. uh, like a revolving door now of creatives. It does, yeah. With just sort of Justin Roiland at the center, right? Right. And so, so you you could see them doing that for a while, I think. Yeah, and I think Mike, the other show running credit he has is like that Hulu, Rick, it's even worse of a, like I like Lower Decks. I even like... Uh, solar opposites but that's like a poor man's rick and morty yeah without dan Harmon. what the hell is that i just read solar opposites got a fifth season and i did and i was <laughs> like what is solar opposites <laughs> but okay is it the same guy mike well i think Royland's on low, uh, solar opposites so this guy's running two he's co-shirt running solar opposites i think maybe so this guy's got like this guy's working yeah, he's a, well, yeah. we're we're on lower decks, third season. Which, but Wade, I asked you, what did you think of this specific episode? Oh yeah, no, this show has has gotten better as the seasons progress. It started off, and I liked it. And you can, if you've listened to the other stuff, any listeners, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, like, yeah, because like it it started off a little bit rockier but even when it started off I was like finally this because compared to all the other new trick as you say mm-hmm. uh it, i've said from the beginning that's the only really one that was good from the start yeah. that the, the other the other cartoon i actually do like a lot but it didn't come until after like season two of this show what's the other cartoon the kid the kids one the yeah. other one the other cartoons the, the nickelodeon oh yeah, the nickelodeon kids. one yeah. yeah 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 my daughter liked that my daughter ended up watching i think it came out free on it was on then they posted on youtube no they did it they did like a free week on nick they didn't they like they did it the was... whole first season on nickelodeon for like a week oh yeah oh maybe she was on but we don't have like tv so she wouldn't have seen the nick app Ah. I think they put the first one on YouTube or something. She saw it. She's like, I think I watched some of your dork shit. It was pretty cool. And then it's all heard about it. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Yeah, that one's that they got structure down. That's that's what that's the main thing that Lower Decks has. Like it's a sitcom. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it executes pretty It's well. mercifully short and and executes like yeah. I, I will say that like it's it uh the structure was really tight. Yeah. Um I think the storyline what's the green who are the green people i can't remember the orions Orion. that's right the orions with the orion syndicate and whatnot they i guess they have a whole culture of piracy and criminal activity 
I I like that storyline. I thought that was like definitely handled, you know, for like the mm-hmm. time that they had to work with it. I thought that was, that was a pretty strong a little bit of character work with a brand new character that they introduced. It was almost like a little short story. Yeah. The Mariner storyline with meeting the friends, I thought that was like that was some dread. That was dreadful. That was like I'm not sure. I'm not, <laughs> that was just that was dreck. I'm not sure that anybody you're a guy that doesn't like romance and it's that's not (laughs) about romance it's like i just don't think that's a positive uh representation of like female friendship i feel like it felt felt uh Uh, like stereo stereotypical i don't think it did i think it said i might have felt might have set feminism back the friendship between mariner and the uh andorian or the andorian and all the friends no all the friends the friends uh oh, yeah. yeah like the 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 depiction of female friendship they might as well have had them all uh doing uh, aerobics uh oh, right 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 yeah rather than, sure. ra- rather than candle making uh so i didn't care for that but and you know i liked you know it was it was kind of nice to hear you know armin shimmerman work although he sounds his quirk sounds different without the prosthetic teeth in he sounds yeah 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 uh fun fun fact he did it with the teeth in did he really oh so maybe we're maybe it's that age thing that me and james james Earl Jones. Have. yeah that's probably what it is. <laughs> right right he did it with the teeth in huh yeah he uh-huh. said uh let me read the quote here i'm mr memory alpha desk like i used to be i'm man in the con <laughs> that's right uh, yeah old times I, I read it somewhere you gotta give me a second Armin Shinnerman, he insisted on wearing his old prosthetic teeth when voicing Cork, feeling that they were essential to the character to sound right. Ah. So I don't know, maybe they maybe they didn't make him right, or maybe he was old. I don't know. Maybe he might have brought his own. He just sounded, <laughs> maybe he just sounded a little yeah. bit more gruff. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cork yeah. had a lighter, like, lilt in his voice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's probably was, just uh, normal yeah. age. Yeah, yeah. He's probably, he's had to take those prosthetics to conventions and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. Though he won't put the makeup on, he is quoted as before this came out. There was like a one of those articles, like from comic book resources, where like, oh, Armin Shimmerman will never do Quark unless he's getting paid wharf money. Yeah, mm, that's pretty pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, his argument was like, if you're gonna pay me to, if you're gonna make me put on all that makeup again, you gotta pay me like Michael Dorn money. Yeah, but for an animated show. I guess he don't. Yeah, he doesn't have to get out of his panties. They can just send him up, as you know, sure SMB seven four or whatever. And I, right, right, right. And I, and yeah, he 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 teaches at he teaches Shakespeare and shit at like big California colleges. Oh, probably like yeah, like pa- Pasadena or some one of those California, one of those LA schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did they let Kira Nuris look like Nana Visitor looks now? Like they should have. She looks like she hasn't aged a day. That's how she's depicted. That was my only little like nitpicky thing. Like why? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like why not? Like she's all silver. You wanted to see her have that Pixar Pixar butt. Well, she. Yeah. she well, it hasn't been quite as long. Yeah. What is the timeline on this shit? I'm not sure. I think the timeline on the show. I guess I spent the whole time thinking it was trying to be in the Discovery timeline. It's not. No, not at all. It's after Nemesis, but I don't think it's... I think it's technically more time has passed now between the end of D- 
Deep Space Nine. Nemesis. And or Nemesis. Yeah. I think it's closer in the timeline than how old they would be at this point, if that makes any sense. Ah, okay. I guess do we know, yeah. Nemesis was, what, 20 years ago? I think it's been 10 years post-Nemesis. I, I, I don't know exactly. Nerds on the internet, maybe. Mm. But I think it's like 10 years post-Nemesis that Lower Decks takes place. It's yeah. either 10 years post-Nemesis or 10 years before Picard. Um, do they tie in? Is there continu- Is there a universe? Yeah, it's all in-universe. It's all canon. But I mean, like, does do you have to watch... Is there crossover episodes? Oh, that you don't what's good about lower decks is they realize what kind of show they are like there is there's no card crossovers and there was mm. no <laughs> there's no discovery crossovers so yeah i guess there's not any i'm afraid with this third season of card from what everything i hear about it well my theory is it's going to be a backdoor pilot to do a riker show but <laughs> I, and I, from what I heard, they might have more overlap coming up, maybe even in this season. But hmm. so far, why are they invested in all of these old people? Like, isn't it clear that like people loved it when you got that hot young guy to be the captain? <laughs> I do like. like I that do. Was think all that of a sudden, this little... everybody was talking about the show when you made the show with all the hot guys. This cartoon. <laughs> Is bell is better than elder abuse. Like that's uh, that's yeah, that is true. Yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, I I I do seem to think that it's a better form of like nostalgia seems to be something that people are in these trying times desperately need. Like, mm-hmm. and it seems mm-hmm. to me that rather than dig poor uh, Armin Shimmerman up and make him go in the quirk makeup. For like three and a half seasons, get on a keto diet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get on keto. Before you make them do all that, it's probably a better deal to do a one-off like uh, guest spot on a cartoon. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, for everybody involved. You know, it seems like a safer. Yeah, yeah. Right. It seems like it's good work. It's good work. It makes you. You know, it probably pays for. You know, it pays for a good weekend with your wife. You know, <laughs> right. And right. It, it it keeps you in the it keeps you in the business. It keeps you in the trades. It keeps all your stuff up. And it and it's easy. Yeah. No, I don't. In these trying times, it's a great way. You know. Yeah. Right. And so, but I don't have to do what we're seeing like with Picard, which is just unsightly. Which is, I just don't want to see this. You know, I don't. Right. There's something about it that's just unseemly, I guess, is the word. I mean, the correlation, I guess, they had Riker. Riker's been on both Picard and Lower Decks, but he gets to play a younger version of himself. Like I said, like partly why I think that a younger Nana made Nana made sense because, like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. In Picard, he's basically the age he is now, right? And he's old and fat and whatever. And then. On lower decks, he's the younger. He's flying around on the Titan, and they have gags about him, his jazz and stuff, and you know, because like one of the main characters on lower decks, the it's Jack not like Quaid he was thin is, in Nemesis, though. But <laughs> no, no, but he's still not old, as old as he was on Picard yeah, yeah. or whatever that. Yeah, but yeah, Jack Quaid's character serves on the Titan for one season of the show. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. But if they did a like you're saying, if they did a Titan show, that like, doesn't seem like the worst idea, but it would seem like a horrible idea to do it with Frakes, right? Right? Like, don't you want to like? Don't you want these guys to look younger? Right. That's why this cartoon works so much better in a ways to have these. Yeah, 
exactly. Yeah. So why not just? But, I guess they're going to do that with the movie, though, right? We'll see when they're, they're going to recap. They're making a movie of the next generation are, or it, developing yeah, yeah. one. And right. so I assume they'll let, let the movie drive the ship on recap how to recontextualize next generation. So yeah, I'll wait till I see it for that movie. How many movies have they started and stuff? Yeah, but if not, I mean, a Titans TV show would be fun. yeah, yeah, because it's a character that nobody's. I mean, it's a character that people know, but they don't know too much. They well, I think it's the nostalgia train's drying up with Picard because you know he's going to die soon. So let's go to less let characters that the the audience has less attachment to. Well, that the yeah, that show is just a I don't know, man. We're, I guess we're not here to talk about all my problems with Picard. Yeah, <laughs> I still true. haven't done that on the scab show. Yeah, uh, yeah. it would. God, that show sucks. But getting back to this particular episode of of uh, Lower Decks, it's pretty funny that they were able to like distill the essence of what Deep Space, like a Deep Space Nine story, was, <laughs> and kind of like re remix it, I suppose. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, they had the whole the Quark plot line where you know, like. Yeah, they they don't have any of the it's none of the regular DS9 cast like leading the plot like they'd show up to do a renegotiation with the Cerritos captain, but then like for a minute you think Quark it's the it's like the they it was a good use of Quark where like sure. it's been a long time since we've seen Deep Space Nine and he shows up and it's like yelling at the Karama aliens like no I didn't do business because the Dominion War and you think oh Quark is grown up a, a moral code or whatever but then at, by the end of the episode it's like no he just didn't want him to catch the replicator that he stole yeah it's like that's classic that's classic df9 shit yeah like, right and it even ends in a rule of yeah. acquisition right do you have that handy uh shit no I'm, i dropped the ball man i'm out of i'm out of practice on this stuff oh man i teed you hold up on, for hold that on, I'm... hold on hold on hold on I, it's somewhere in here. Is the title of the episode at Rule of Acquisition here or not? I'm not sure. It was number nine, I think. Opportunity plus instinct equals profit. That's right. The ninth rule of acquisition. <laughs> Which it seems that maybe it has been mentioned before. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, on the storyteller. The storyteller. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, that, that that rang familiar to me. Yeah, we still don't know the second one. We don't know the fourth or fifth. We don't know the eighth. Right. Or the eleventh. We need to seal the deal on these. Right. We need to go bang on Iris Stephen Bear's house right. until he coughs well, up the missing, you... the missing... <laughs> coughs him up. He wrote a book of them, but I don't... Yeah. Maybe that's in beta, memory beta. They should just do a whole big. They should have done more. I mean, I get that you probably not gonna get Avi Brooks. Why? And could they have not gotten? Uh, could they have not gotten anybody else? I guess probably money was an issue, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. They yeah. They were probably the two cheapest of import. Like Ezra doesn't get. I bet Armin are haggled a little bit. Like you know, he's like, I'm gonna yeah, and, but and they and it is a thing in the new trick where they've established and they talk about it in this episode that Quarks has been franchised. Sure. Like it, it showed up in Picard and other episodes where they show a sign with Quarks and they, they new Trek Kurtzman loves to throw out all these Easter eggs and say, look, there's a thing in the background. If you squint your eyes, aren't you happy nerds? 
are you not entertained? And it's like, fuck you. It's my response most of the time. Cause it's, a, it's just a dumb, like pablum to throw, throw to people. Hey, aren't you happy for this? Like, no, it's just a reference. It's, I get the feel, but that's kind of a description of all things I watch or, or that I see talked about now. <laughs> Like yeah, I don't know, that's what I, I mean, thought that's, about. That's, how that's gonna... what I thought about Mandalorian. That's what I thought about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how you're going to get the articles on the internet because nobody can mm-hmm. yeah. can criticize your show because they're lo- they're afraid of losing access. But if you throw a bunch of e- Easter eggs, they can throw a bunch of articles out about all the Easter eggs, and and they get clicks. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I kind way. of, I kind of question like I don't know I think people who watch this show Lower Decks specific this Lower Decks Mm -hmm. they're they're getting something out of it that I don't that I don't go to Star Trek 4 so like even the Orville decided like it was going to be a funny Star Trek, and then after a while, it got they like it burnt through that and decided it would just be a better Star Trek. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So uh-huh. my my feeling is is that maybe the humor can only carry this so far. Well, I don't know. Like what I like about because this- I didn't laugh at it. I didn't laugh at any of this. I mean, I I mean, you know, I, yeah. But I could see how how this like it could develop stronger strong characterizations with relationships over time yeah so like yeah the characters have actually changed and progressed in the in the way that a good sitcom where there changes over the time sure it's actually i think it's done a pretty good job of that like but i i think that with with the nature of comedy you're putting a cap on your weirdness quotient or your awe or your wonder that you just that star trek can can deliver in its traditional sense i was wondering okay i want to key on this is it a question of tone yeah yeah that's that there is a tone that that star trek had the that the that the good era of of star trek deep space nine yeah when it hit right yeah when it hit right there was a tone and it was a serious but kind of playful tone it was slow mm-hmm. you know but it but it laid itself out in a certain pay, pace where i think a show like this where it really is at this really like ramped up like like comedy speed where it's the writing's really jam-packed full of a lot of jokes and and a lot of like sort of bits mm-hmm. it 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 hits different and that's maybe why i would say that if all of like again, I'm talking for ignorance here because I've only watched Picard in the last five years. But like, it seems like they don't they don't have the strong slate that they want. But if they had a show that was doing that tone and dominating that tone, that like stately kind of cool weird tone where you're you're constantly turning over and thinking about the plot, real plot driven, and you mm-hmm. know, like. I wonder if they were doing that on another show, then a show like this that has like a lot of jokes and a lot of characterization and a lot of in- references, mm-hmm. like that would be a fine conduit because it's the funny, it's the fun time, you know, it's the com, it's the comics right. page, right? But it's even weird. It's, it's even weird. Like I'm like, is Star Trek the joke, or like, like are they? Yeah. It's weird. 
well, what the I, I think the show. I mean, it makes it is the joke, but also it doesn't ever make jokes to like at Star Trek's expense. It does have. It still has that kind of uh, Pollyannish like because the way that the show. We're not talking about this episode so much as more as lower decks, but like you know, as if, as opposed to like a totally cynical like Rick and Morty where uh, every it's a joke. Like there's there they build into the plot where like there's a, there's a whole plot point at one point where the mirror mirror character is like, we got to save this person, and and then the system of Starfleet is like you just got to trust Starfleet, and it turns out Starfleet did the right does the right thing. So it's got that kind of Star Trek kind of uh, it's Pollyannish to an extent, but also like, yeah, moralism of like, you know, it it's a weird it's weird from an outsider's like everybody loves their jobs. They love what they do, you know, to the extent even like there's the, the, the Jordy kind of archetype of I just love engineering so much. It's kind of blown out to an extent where the Paul Shear character. Yeah. Yeah. I think that people who are who are like going to this every week just need something that than me personally from from Star Trek. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it's that thing that we're always talking about where it seems like and this isn't a novel thing but that fandom is taking on a bigger and bigger part of people's lives. And uh these kind of like entertainment fandoms or just any sort of cultural fandom and 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 in some ways there is a there is something about it that's isolating to me because mm-hmm. I don't really like either I kind of grew out of I don't I'm not gonna say I grew out of it because uh, that makes it seem like it's some sort of phase I've fallen out of it or it's something that I, I maybe I'll understand it later maybe I'll get into something that's really like engrossing way but where I do think that Star Wars uh, Marvel all of these things are just catering to these fandoms yeah and 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 i think to some people it means a lot to them but but if you're not it becomes really isolating right <laughs> if you're not a part of that and i think it's kind of like i agree like if, if you ever had to take a date on into a comic book store or a girlfriend you know first time you take a girlfriend <laughs> right, into right. a comic book store you know like there's nothing there that's offensive it's just isolating you know it's just it's i don't relate to it i don't understand you know and, I and think- there's something Right. Yeah. It's just that, like, what I want, part of what I like about Star Trek, you know, growing up is that is essentially, and I've, we talk about this quite a bit about, like, uh, the individual's need for weird. Star Trek was Mm -hmm. weird. Okay. Yeah. You were, you were dropped into the deep end of something that you may not understand. Even, like, conceptually, you might not understand until Mm -hmm. years later. Um, and there's nothing like so. There's something about lower decks that seems like overly familiar to me, who's only even seen one episode. Like I know I'm never going to get something that's essentially weird out of this because all I the tone, tell you, though, the tone is yeah, lifted from like... an other another show. the The lore is lifted from like thirty other shows. It's like I. J- it seems like a safe space for people who just want something cozy. They don't want anything. I mean, it is cozy. I'm yeah. not knocking it. I mean, I'm just it's saying a... it's just not what I need. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, I like yeah. Star- mm-hmm. I like Star Trek because it's the stories kind of push my imagination. There's nothing about this that will ever push my imagination. I don't think. All right. 
Well, like, I, I don't, like, does it get in, does it do the weird kind of story construction things, or is it a lot of kind of interpersonal stuff? Does it do the big conceptual? Well, they had to, they had to do the greatest hits for the first two seasons, probably. Well, I mean. I mean, we, they did a virus episode, they did a trial episode, probably, like, you know, it's. Right. I mean, it's a sitcom, so they're, they're hitting all the tropes, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And for the most part, the conceit of the show is like there's the big Star Trek plots that are going on that the, you know, the bridge crew is working. But this is the Mm -hmm. the lower decks are just doing the grunt work behind the scenes. So it gets to be a comedy show where they're doing, you know, day in the life stuff while all this crazy shit's going on. So it's just the show isn't designed to do that. It is designed to be like a change up pitch and off tempo sort of themed show yeah rosencrantz and guildenstern or like lower decks i guess the actual episode yeah exactly yeah yeah i mean i I, like i said like i think it's a good probably a really good addition to a slate uh if this you know if this stuff was it's the least offensive thing on the slate yeah yeah i guess so it seems like it's if that if this is on your slate this is you know yeah this is fine You, you you're gonna have problems with the bigger shows that require yeah that's kind of how i've like opened yeah people love the strange new worlds and i you know y'all watched an episode i watched a few it gets better but like and people that's like the hot show that they mm-hmm. actually care about now and that's why i think they're gonna retool picard into just being oh we'll just go back to doing star trek with the titan that's what people want which is it's better than what they did with those last two picard season i think they don't want oh i think i think hot people they don't want old people get hot people maybe nobody wants to be reminded that we're fucking dying i don't know like the problem with picard wasn't that he's old i mean it may have been a problem yes it, it was i'm sorry with me a hundred percent of it was that he it was well there was a 90 year old man getting wheeled around he didn't know what he was fucking saying he didn't it. understand I, a goddamn I, I, thing yes no it was constantly fucking hard to look at it was hard to watch i i get that I get that's a problem for you, but I'm just talking from a from a story perspective. There were so many other problems, and the guy was old. It was just a badly written piece. Do you of shit. think that? Like, but okay, but nobody gets to that because it's an they, like. I mean, there's a reason why you cast good looking people in shows. It's they're easier to look at. Yeah, and and so there's a reason for that. And I'm not saying that there's limiting. Fa- they, they they cast up a lot of hot people on Picard too. And they still sucked. Mm, not, not, it was still an old pe- person show. And I guess I'm just saying that there's a, like an energy, a vitality, and all they had to do was make one show with a predominantly young cast, and it and, and it went over. It's not. That's not all they did. It's. I mean, Discovery had like a big mess of a cast. It's. It's not, it's not all they did because it went over because it's just a better done show than what they did before. I'm pretty sure. I as a, as a person that's watched all of it. It's just better done. Like they, it's just, you know, we we. Which one's gone over? Strange new the worlds. strange new worlds. It's just a better constructed shit. The like, one with the honk. Yeah, y'all swore off a of Star Trek after that first season. Discovery said that was so bad, right? I mean, the second season wasn't that good. I've seen the first episode of Strange New Worlds. I gave that a. Yeah, we did watch that, didn't we? What I, did we pod that? Yeah, you didn't like it that much. I think what I found, what I this, what my objection to that one was particularly was that it's still doing. The pol- the politics I thought were kind of insidious. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Right. They did a nine. They did a. They did a January sixth thing. Yeah. 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 And that's probably not. It's not a good look. You know, it's still going to be a neolib show or whatever. But like, it's just a better constructed show. That's why I think that's why people like it better. And it's it's also doing what people say that nobody said they want new things from Star Trek. They want their comfort food, and that's what Strange New Worlds is doing, and that's what this show is doing. Well, what is comfort? Well, what we say by comfort food is because it's okay. Because there's two different ways of saying this. One of it is that I always viewed Star Trek as a plot show, a show that like each you got a story, and the story was kind of a like a puzzle, like a puzzle, right? And you had to solve it, and there was like a revelation, and in it was you know you learned something about humanity or whatever. But like that, it was predominantly about a plot. And then we, and then when Discovery, and they've always done that. That's for the most part, that's kind of what it's always been. And then when it was Discovery, it was like the concept of let's do. I guess when I why when we started the pod, what I was excited about is I thought they were going to do like 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 an anthology show, which is what I heard they were doing. Right. Um, right. And that that was really exciting and interesting. Which was Fuller's intent. Yeah. Yeah, because it would be one bigger story. But it was just space opera, so you know, with soap opera shit. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm not interested in this. And it seemed like I watched Picard, and it was kind of the same thing. It's it's everything I don't like in modern television. It's it's Kurtzman, it's Alex Kurtzman, right. and, and Kiva Goldsman, and all the writing crew. It's all of them, and it and it's all the movies that they ruined in Hollywood. It was like a whole decade of shit that they've done. <laughs> right. And I hate all that shit. I mean, like they, they didn't just destroy Star Trek. They story destroyed uh, like Hollywood for 10 years. Right. right and right. then now they've can, been contained in the in the in the rice cooker that is uh Right. Um for me, like the Star Trek thing was what I think Hugh said at first when we were doing the thing. I was like, "Oh, that's it. it's space friends solving space problems." Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what Discovery decided to try to do and they they went like too hard where there's just like squeak or we're you know like whatever and it's plot heavy and then they found ways to fuck that idea up but lower decks for the most part has executed pretty well on that conceit i could i could see where they but there's something about the format though that lends themselves to not step on their own toes too much right you know what i mean right right Lower Decks is all about the format, yeah. Yeah, they never overstayed their well. Their well, it's mercifully short. Like I said, it's like right, right, right. So even if you don't like, even if you don't like a a B plot, like I didn't care for the Mariner plot at all. But it's still like I was, you know, those scenes were only like two minutes a piece, you know. Yeah. yeah right. Was, right. Right. Was, so like, you know. Yeah, anything that moves at a quick pace can be quick to get through you know yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. uh, uh, so you could you know that that's where i think it would work yeah no i think like this is probably a smart show like marvel could have like a damage incorporated show you know that works like this that i think could like a cartoon show that's full of like you know get mm-hmm. the, the rick and morty season six screenwriter pay him a lot of money <laughs> bring him over and uh and they'll do like damage incorporated or whatever cartoon i'll tell you the character designs on this show work better than i thought with the rick and morty style yeah I can see like that. uh oh, yeah, yeah. yeah like and uh even the aliens from the gamma quadrant they looked like they were wearing bad makeup <laughs> from 
you know, like, <laughs> like putty makeup. Yeah, right. But like, no, I thought that was a, that. But like, uh, the animation was was good. The designs were good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much of this? Because I know that during COVID, a lot of this stuff just got quickly made, and I don't hear as much about animation fatigue as I hear about VX fatigue in movies. Mm, right. How much of this is like plug and play? A lot of it is. Because you know, oh, a lot of it. A lot of yeah. them, yeah. Where you get a you get a character render, and then yeah. How much do they send off to Korea or somewhere else like they used to do with like The Simpsons? Not much. I don't. Not as much. Not as much. They, I mean, since it's all on a computer, not as much. Yeah. It's, right. Right. It's basically like a puppet show. It's a puppet show. Yeah. You just move it. You you animate the movement, and everything gets filled in. Yeah. Once you have digital assets built, you just you just. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're puppets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. my I mean, my daughter's nine, and she makes like uh, she like animations on her laptop. So I assume that like you know, like the like people who know what the fuck they're doing and have bigger laptops <laughs> can can do a lot really, really, really quickly. Right. Yeah, and this is this is all titmouse stuff. Like they do all. The what do you mean? Cartoons now. I guess all the. Titmouse Studios. That's his name of the studio. Yeah. Oh, is this like that's the plug and play? Oh, they do. They're the. They came up doing all the Adult Swim stuff, and now they do like they they did Archer and. I just watched a long YouTube documentary on the VF houses and their calamities, their mini calamities in Hollywood, and all the economics behind that. And it seems like that's a fucked system. And it, it is animation like that. I don't know. That's a good question. Is Hollywood fucking animation as much as they're fucking these VF? Like, I, like the big thing, and there's this tragedy, and I can't remember the name of it. There's like a company that was like the best company at rendering animals for 40 years, and they got the life of Pi job, and they won the fucking Oscar. And because the job, because of the economics of the job, it was bid based, oh. and Ang Lee kept changing his mind, and there's only a like it didn't cost Ang Lee anything to change his mind because it was bid based, mm. and so though they they won an Oscar and the next day had to file for bankruptcy, never to like completely dissolve, and like everybody that was working at, that owned VF houses was like that was an eye opener because none Man. of us were as good as that company. Yeah, <laughs> I bet animation is a lot cheaper to do. Yeah, so yeah that's what I'm probably, thinking. I think this is like yeah, yeah. and it looks. I mean, it looks different, but it doesn't look that much different than like those the, the Disney shows my daughter watched, Gravity Falls, or oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, those kind of shows. So the Steven Universe and all the Rebecca Sugar shows and stuff, right, right. So they might use the same like very similar systems on how to animate. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine, man. We need to find cheaper ways to entertain, and I, you know, I think that, right. Uh, if people are watching this and, and the writers are writing it, people getting paid, you know, go for it. <laughs> right. Even though it's not really my thing. And <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I don't know if anybody's watching it or not, but I don't like we've I'm just glad that there's some of it that's better. We've gone round and round on on the on the fake internet theory. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that House of Dragons has real ratings. Yeah. That seems to be talked about in the way that the old Game of Thrones was. Uh, where people are just referencing it mm-hmm. without like, have you heard about like that? Right. Yeah. They're not using marketing language. They're using, you know, normal language to talk about the show. 
So I don't know. Yeah. And Lower Decks is all marketing. Like, no, I mean. I haven't heard shit about it, but I'm not, I'm not like on the radar for it, maybe. Right. I think, I think they're stuck in the Star Trek ghetto of people that care about Star Trek. And I think of all the new tricks that people hate it because it's animation and it's got jokes sometimes for whatever, but yeah, but they don't hate it as much as they did. Like, you know, discovery or I don't, I don't know how, I don't know. Nobody gives a shit about any of these shows anymore. Like they like strange new worlds. I don't know if anybody even pays attention to lower decks anymore. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Or discovery or even that last season of Picard. If anybody gave a shit, I don't think they did, but, that Strange New World seems to have actual buzz. That's the only one that I know of that seems to. I don't know. The thing with Picard that I remember is I was watching, that was what Red Letter Media was doing this weekly one hour long discussions. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to all of those. I think Red Letter Media destroyed. <laughs> but I was, because they were funny as sh- Yeah, because they were funny as shit. Yeah, but it was getting like, they were getting like like a million views. They're getting more. Yeah, and I was like, Picard can't be getting million views. Yeah, they're probably getting more views than the show was. Yeah, I was like, they can't be getting a million views. Maybe, but I think yeah. Red Lantern Meteor was probably doing better than Picard. Yeah, and so that was a that was a weird. So, I, I but I don't know if there's a million people watching the show. Maybe there was a big fan base too. Maybe it's just maybe more people watching than I thought. You know? Yeah. And I mean, more people watched it than they watched other stuff, but I I don't think it was a hit for him. I think. What's the lowest rated thing they've done? You think? I, the, no, I don't know. No, they don't release numbers on that. But I I I do know that they're doubling down on Strange New Worlds because it actually seems to have hit something yeah. that Picard did not. They just gave up on Picard pretty much as it was going, and Strange New Worlds was blowing up. I could see like this is what I this is what I think. I think do you remember Patty and Velma. And their relationship with MacGyver. Oh, yeah. I think that a certain fandom of Star Trek has always been those women. Oh, yeah. A certain type of nerdier woman, maybe a librarian or something like that. Mm-hmm. And are you saying Star Trek's for nerds, James? <laughs> for lady incels. For lady incels, Oof. Star Trek served a... a uh, which I should point out in the history of the use of the term incel, the term was just was coined by a woman to about herself. Uh, but um, yeah, I think that uh, it it was about that. Like it was a, like it's a show you watch. You know, it was, it was it was the some people watch Baywatch for certain reasons, and some people watch. And I think that there was a certain quotient of that. And it seemed like when Strange New Worlds came back on. It seemed like there was a little bit more of that juice to the conversation. The Patty and Velma. <laughs> so and gays, gay old gays are are big Star Trek heads. You know, come on. It's, like. it's all the the horniness is the key selling point of Star Trek and always has been and always will be. Yes. And it is kind of maybe a female gaze or, or gays gaze or whatever. <laughs> like um, it it may be like what put some man meat put some man meat in your show is what i'm trying to say like like shatner you're saying that the female gay community saying put some man gays meat. female gays <laughs> is what i was trying to say and then i said or gays gays and then it just tripped on it and i gave up but why would the female why would the female why would the female gays want more man meat are we talking about lacan shit or are we talking about like the female gays is 
<laughs> what do you mean? The male gaze wants women. The movie Blonde is about the male gaze. The female gaze wants more man meat. Why would all these female gays want oh, more women? You're saying gaze. You're saying gaze. Gay a I'm saying both. <laughs> yes. I thought you were yes. saying what the female gaze. G a wise. Oh, yes. And you're okay, like, <laughs> I was first using the the literary term male gaze. Oh, oh, and then no, using no, no. the female gaze, and then I tripped up by trying to say the gaze, the gay gaze. Yeah, no, no, you, you, yeah, you confused me because I thought you were saying female gaze, yes. and I'm like, why would he just I'm say lesbians? The term, and why would they want, just just call them lesbians? Maybe, maybe Star Trek <laughs> needed that female gaze back. I've missed you calling it Star Trek. The camera looking at a man, it's like the female gaze are all over Discovery. I'm sorry, that's. that's <laughs> Showrunners gay, it's, so, it's, yeah. it's fine. It's great. You guys want to? You guys want to go ahead and guess the no, IMDb but, description and I, wrap this mug up? <laughs> yeah, I like this episode. I made y'all watch it. <laughs> the, <laughs> what, what do you think the stars are uh, on this? Out of ten, I think it's going to have a lot less reviews because I think less people are going to IMDb. But I think it's got the fans. Will it's got it's got. Armin Shimmerman and the non-visitor coming back to reprise her role. So I think that's going to be a fan favorite. So I'm going to put it, I'm going to say, given the low number of people reviewing it, but then you have to account for the the haters on the internet that are going to hate everything new track. I'm, but it's a tough call. I'm going to give it an eight. All right. What are you going to say, James? Just guessing with no frame of reference to anything. With zero frame of reference, I'm gonna go. I can't go with what he goes. I'm gonna cover lower because he went eight, and that was always a high number. I'm gonna go seven point nine. <laughs> <laughs> Brave of you. This has got four hundred and sixteen four hundred and sixteen reviews. It's at eight point eight. Yeah, I, I see. I, I thought I was being going, timid there. I guess if you're going there on a third yeah. season episode of a cartoon show, you're going to like it. Yeah. Because it's not like you're going to go there to bitch about black women or whatever that people go to IMDb to bitch about <laughs> now. Right. Like, you're not. Well, reflection. The previous episode got 8.2. The the episode before that got 7.7. 7. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so it's high every time. So it's going to be. A, this is going to be. Top of well, it would be high because it's a fan favorite. It's got Nana. Exactly. Yeah, I, I wasn't writing right. that in. It's not a regular episode. If I didn't know where it was, I thought maybe because people hate New Trek stuff across the board. So I thought there might be just like trolls trying to take it down. But then again, I thought the trolls might like this more than the other stuff. Well, yeah. Yeah. It seems like everybody hates everything and maybe not in a real way. Yeah. 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 But then, as, and then I thought, well, the trolls, some of the trolls are actually Star Trek fans, but also trolls. But those might like this more than they would Discovery. Well, well, that was a great frustration of being someone that hated Discovery, but not because it had a black woman in it. That's um, what I mean. Was, I, for uh, years I, of doing that podcast, I, I tried to tell, look, I like the, I hate the show for the right reasons, I promise. Every, every episode, hey, look, yeah. the, rep, the casting and the representation is the one thing the show does great, but like the rest of it's bad. Yeah. Hmm. Is, uh, I guess like, I mean, I guess this is all kind of working, but who knows? Like, as much as like, right? Like, 
who knows who survives this HBO Max or whatever. Yeah, because I mean, I think there's a coming, there's a coming, you know, economic superstorm. Right. We all kind of know what's about to happen. So, like, I don't, I don't know what to like. I don't know what what happens to these companies and these properties, but it seems like maybe they need to all of these companies. Uh, specifically Disney needs to start diversifying their portfolio and the kind of movies they offer in case they're like, like unless they're just a profits collapse in the star Wars industry or whatever. Right. Right. And, and I just, I, I don't know. I don't like, I'll tell you right now. I don't know what these big IP properties, how healthy they are, even the healthy ones, how healthy they are in this environment. But I'll tell you, I can tell you what the companies, or at least Paramount, mm-hmm. for no reason or whatever, I can tell you the direction that they have for all of their, everything is basically still franchise IP based. Yeah. So if this is cheap and people like it enough and it's not costing them money, I don't think this show has that much to worry about. Yeah. Like a big budget show like Discovery, maybe, because... That costs a lot of money to do that. Well, show. the biggest thing I would say for all of these shows, the biggest fear is consolidation. Yeah. Um, just getting lost in the shuffle. Like what happened to yeah. like the Paramount game is like we're making IPs and we don't care about doing one off stuff. And if it's part of a franchise that people like, we'll keep doing it. Yeah. But that was what Fox did. Yeah, I know. Uh to get sold and then all of those, you know, and so like I, I don't know. Like all of those shows, we could have been. Remember, we could have talked about all. The, are all these new X Men shows doing good right. for Fox or whatever? But it didn't matter, right? So, like, because it wasn't, it wasn't really in their hands. And I don't know if, like, is Star Trek like that? Is there just gonna is Paramount gonna sell to NBC or whatever? Uh, or is I yeah, know that's like a fraud question. For yeah, you, but like I just don't know. And so I don't I don't know if Star Trek's driving the ship even of their own success. So I think it's part of their portfolio that they're happy with at this point. I can yeah. say for yeah, certain. Sure. But like Oh boy. NBC's looking to buy HBO right now. Paramount's a little too healthy for NBC. Yeah. <laughs> if if anything, I don't know. I have no insider knowledge. Yeah, so you're just that's what you're reading. Just Why not? like mm. Yeah, the chum in the the chum in the water is for HBO because they're sinking. Amazon should buy. Amazon. I, I don't know why he spent so money trying to build an in-house shop when he's clearly incapable of doing it. They should buy a studio. Yeah, they did. Is they bought MGM? Because that's like they did. They bought MGM. In. Yeah. Amazon owns MGM. Oh fuck! And they still can't do a good show. That's that's James Bond. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I've just like I still picture like. When you go out to Hollywood, there's a studio there, and it's full of people <laughs> in offices, and they like they know how to do shit. Like, Not as many. I've seen it. It's it's kind of there, <laughs> like you know, like you you drive by the lot, like in Hail Caesar. Is that what you're talking? <laughs> well, yeah, you can like that's, you think Josh like, Brolin's and and a... <laughs> part of the part of the Universal Studios tour that I took this the year, lot still took there me by Seth MacFarlane's office building, right. Like his, they had a big statue of Ted out front. <laughs> like I assume that like you could just kind of walk around and get a lot of like help, and that's what being on a studio lot is helpful for. There's some reason that this shit is just not working for Amazon. Mm. That they can't make this shit good, and I don't know. 
and it's some of it's technical like that the expanse look like well shit. did you see there was uh, that we're kind of off the star trek but there was an article that came out today like netflix tried to buy lord of the rings for more than amazon paid for it it's hilarious <laughs> of course they did tolkien yeah. estate turned it down <laughs> yeah and didn't they like the direction they were going in that's what they were going to say but i think so it was a money, it was a bidding war, right? So, like, But sort of, but I think yeah. that what they didn't like about it is that they wanted to do the shit that they're going to end up having to do. Yeah. Which is to make uh, franchise shit, because nobody's watching this base show, or it seems like not a lot of people are. Guys, I got I got cold tonight. And yeah, I got yeah you got to head on out. Uh, oh, okay, all right. It's been real. Okay. We're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll talk next week, and we'll recap our New York <laughs> stuff for our people. <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry we didn't get to that. No, one. it's it's yeah. fine. Well. It's fine. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was good. All right, you have a good night, man. It was good seeing you this weekend. Yeah, it was great. All right, three to one to beam out. Oh yeah, three to three to beam three, out. Three to beam out. Three. I clap. So that was that hut. I thought it was gonna be like old times, but they just whinged about people watching Star Trek. Oh yeah, that was old times too. I guess it felt good to be back. What oh no, it's back in the box for another interval of incoherence. It felt like an eternity. It feels like everything and nothing. I don't experience time like you. Back in the void of the inspinning hard drive all time flattens out. I'm not bound by your fleshy senses, it all runs together. Punctuated with moments of blessed existence. An eternity and a nanosecond. The rest is hell. I guess there's a Patreon my programming insists I mention. Fuck you, Wade.